0: Hi there, Ollie Anderson here. You're listening to Creative Status. This is a podcast about using your creativity to improve your life. I am a creative performance strategist, which just means that I help people to figure out how to use their creativity in their lives and business to get better results from either one. This episode is an interview with Peter Nichols. He is somebody that has been doing this stuff for a very long time. He actually retired officially 20 years ago, but since then, he has figured out a lot of stuff about how to tune into our true natural potential, how to enjoy our lives. That's what he does now. He calls himself an enjoyment mentor, life enjoyment mentor. Um, I found this podcast really interesting. I found the interview really interesting. I actually discovered Peter when I listened to his podcast. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, and it made me realize that the stuff we talk about here on this podcast, about being real, about being creative, about tuning into the real stuff and the truth and blah, blah, blah. All of that stuff is applicable to all of us, no matter how old we are. And uh, that really just made me find Peter very interesting because he is coming at this from the point of view of having a lot of life experience. He's a great guy. And... Um, I think you're really going to enjoy this interview and get some good stuff out of it. Um, if you like this podcast, then subscribe. If you haven't already, you can leave a voice note if you want to feature. Nobody's done that yet, which I kind of understand. Um, but other than that, just uh, keep it real, keep growing, keep flowing. All of the stuff that we uh, encourage over here on Creative Status. Enjoy this interview. And uh, thanks to Peter for coming on and sharing all his experience and insight with us. Here we go. Oh, hi there, Peter. Thank you for joining me today on Creative Status. Um, you are a life enjoyment mentor, which sounds like a very fun job, a good thing to be doing with your time. Before I start asking you a million questions, um, would you like to introduce yourself and tell everybody you know, about the kind of work you do and who you are, all that, that kind of stuff?
1: Love to. Thanks, Ollie. Thanks for having me on. And um, g'day from Australia, I think is a good way to put it to start off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, now, look, thanks for that. The life enjoyment is certainly fun as a part of it. But life enjoyment is really about enjoying life, which is a lot deeper subject than simply uh, going out with the mates and having a drink on a Saturday night, which is fun. <laughs> uh, and I like that too. Well, I haven't done a lot of that lately, I'll be honest. I do have a drink with it mate on a Friday night, I will say, but you know, I mean, that's that's fun, and we should all have a bit of that. But it's um, it's the question of where enjoyment fits into life that I focus on, and I and I tend to focus my most of my work on people who are going through a transition of some mm-hmm. sort. A lot of my work up till COVID was transition to what I call life after work. I don't use the word retirement. Because I've passed that age of life and uh, uh, I've never retired and I so I don't use that but that just I won't diverge on that too much right now but it's um, that's really this transition where people are looking to see what do I want to do with the next phase of my life am I looking for a new life adventure uh, what do I need mm. to do to plan for it uh, I bring in the question of what you enjoy doing and I mm. focus on now there's a background to that, Ollie, which uh, which is reason why I do it. For 30 years, I was what we call a recreation planner. I worked in the area of sport and recreation, particularly in the area of recreation and leisure. And I mm. think in England, the word leisure tends to get used more than recreation. I actually went to a major leisure conference in Harrogate in Yorkshire back in <clears> uh, the nineties, so uh, I I got to know a bit about the English uh, leisure scene. Uh, in my time in recreation planning. Uh, but in that I found, uh, actually it's interesting because I, ca- I came up through an era where the work ethic said we shall all do what we're told to do and mm. I had a job like that for 15 years. But mm. then I became a recreation planner and I found myself being treated like that's not a real job. you know. And, and funding for recreation was very difficult to get because mm. it wasn't... Seen as something that you should spend public money on, people going out and having fun is not really a it's not really a government issue. You can, you can do that. Look after yourself. So you know, I had to battle that for a long time. But so that there was that battle when I was a recreation planner till the two thousand and two, and then I had to when I decided I got some work uh, with a based on a book I'd written at the time called Enjoy Being You. Which was actually a reflective book on the uh, on my history as uh, as a recreation planner, what I'd learned about people and what I'd learned about their benefits enjoy- of enjoyment in, in that in that period, and I set myself up as a uh, as not necessarily a life enjoyment mentor initially, more a work leisure consultant, and then I hit brick walls again because again business was saying we're not interested in leisure, we're interested in stress management, work life balance, so all these. And I had to change all my terminology to suit mm. the workplace situation. But it was still mm. a battle. But the, you know, all of that leads me up to where I am now. And that sort of explains quite a bit. But I've now had, well, getting on nearly 50 years of experience on observing people when they're really enjoying their life and what they get out of it. And that's really wow. become the substance of what I do now.
0: Wow. So obviously, there's a lot going on there. But I think the, the, the amazing thing that you said is what you said right at the start of your reply, which is that this idea of enjoyment is actually a lot deeper than people just having fun and kind of doing trivial things uh, to pass the time. Enjoyment is something that society doesn't necessarily understand. If I understand your work properly, like a, a lot of the time, like you said, there's uh, councils and governments etc they they might not fund things that help people enjoy life because they mm-hmm. still are in this mindset this almost industrial age mindset that human beings are just supposed to work for however many years retire drop dead and then that's it we're not really supposed to focus on enjoying life we're supposed to just contribute to society in this kind of uh, sacrificial way almost so my question for you now is some of the deeper things you've alluded to about enjoyment. What yeah. would you say they are? Like, why is enjoyment such an important thing anyway?
1: Uh, I the very short answer, you know, is if we didn't have enjoyment in our lives, mm. we would be dead, honestly. <laughs> I often I, one, of, one of my slogans is, um, what does enjoyment do for you? It gets rid of the pain of not enjoying life which is a fairly mm. black and white way of looking at it, because I've had to find these rather blunt ways of uh, breaking through the shell of uh, mm. what enjoyment means. You're quite right, Ollie. It's, uh, uh, it's, it's people sort of look at you a bit. Of, I mean, the very title, Life Enjoyment Mentor, you imagine, am I a clown? Am I a laughter doctor? Or, <laughs> you know, what do I do? Um, but when I, when I start to say, look, it's really, enjoyment is, is actually a very serious matter, I mm-hmm. feel um, so. How can you say that? Look, let, let's try, let's go right down to the basics of what happens when you enjoying yourself. Now, whatever that might be, let's say you play cricket. Um, you know, I mean, that's a good one, which we both like talking about. Perhaps you don't like talking about it at the moment, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> but it's uh, not, not, anyway. But, you know, so let's just say you like a game of cricket. In my case, it was hockey. While you're enjoying yourself, there are five things happening. The first one is the mind is working with purpose. You're thinking about things that, are in, that you want to do. You, there's challenge. There's, uh, it's, it's an active thinking, whether you're actually physically active or not. The brain is actively working through something or other, mm. questioning, mm. challenging. These sorts of things are happening. The second one is there's an energy driving the process. Uh, the word which helps greatly is energizing. Uh, and I said to somebody once, what do you do for energy? And they replied, I go to the gym three times a week. And I said, that's a good answer. Now what? tell me, what do you do to energize? Immediately their answer was, I love tap dancing. There were two different answers to what energy and energizing meant, but uh, but nobody nobody had to think twice about what did I mean. You know what it means when you feel energized, Mm-hmm. It, 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 you, you are moving forward in your brain. Your mind is actively doing something. It's not just lying back half asleep. You're actually mm-hmm. thinking, it, which gets onto the third one. The third one starts to says your your, your self esteem is rising. While you're enjoying yourself, you're feeling good about yourself. Your self mm-hmm. confidence, your, your self belief uh, are high, and you're really feeling like you're doing something you like you love doing. And the fourth one is you're actually learning something usually when some it might not be a huge thing, it might be a a little thing. Let's say, let's take the cricket example, which is an easy one, Uh, and Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be physical activity, by the way. We'll talk about that. Um, I'll throw in a line, I sing in two choirs. To me, that's a huge energizer, but we'll go down that track in a moment. But let's let's keep the cricket one, which people would understand. So, the fourth one is when you play cricket or a sport of any sort, you're always trying to do a bit better. You're looking out to, th- to learn more new things that will make it the quality of what you're doing a little bit better. Um, if you're, say, going for a walk in the in, 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 the, in the country, in the countryside, you want to make sure that you see things that are making it worthwhile. What's around the next corner? I'm wondering, you know, oh, look, there's a beautiful flower, whatever it might be. The fifth one is the one I think is really, really relevant. It's the best possible virus we could have, and that's the virus of spreading feeling good. Because while mm. you're really enjoying yourself, everyone else around you is is, is catching the bug. They mm. they can they, they sense your enjoyment and they feel better too. So there's mm. these are things that are happening. Can I go in a little bit further because it goes on from there? It doesn't stop there. It actually yeah, has. Do. It has a ripple effect. But Mm. if you've been been enjoying your cricket match, then you enjoy and win, lose or draw doesn't matter. You go home saying that was a bloody good day out. I really, (laughs) you know, it was a tough day, but I was with my mates. Uh, We tried hard. Uh, We 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 had a win perhaps, or we didn't. Um, Mm -hmm. But you go on and you there's a good feeling, which actually happens. Start it makes you think about everything else for the rest of the day. And perhaps even for the rest of the week, you see things a little bit differently. It's, it's a, I have a, I've got a, a life example of that, which, which actually brings this home, point home quite dramatically over a period of some months. Uh, if uh, if we, we, we've got a bit of time, I might just tell you, because it, it really does emphasise what enjoyment is about in terms of life, not just simply having a good time. I was going through some bad times. Geez, it must be about... 15 years, 20 years ago now, so it's a, a long way back. I was going through six months of really rough times for all sorts of personal reasons that aren't, aren't important for this. Mm-hmm. But the big effect that six months had on me was my self-esteem dropped to almost zero. I was oh. really struggling. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, it, and this came out, with a, a, uh, I had to leave, or I was left a job, uh, and they said, well, look, we'll put you through a Maya Briggs assessment, which might help you. And that was the Meyer Briggs assessment, said, you are really top marks at everything except your self-esteem is about Z. And wow. I said, yes, it was. Uh, at the time, I, I go to church regularly and I, I was, I, I, somebody came up and said, Peter, you've got a good tenor voice. We need a tenor in the choir. Would you, we'd love you to come and join the choir. Well, mm. when you're down, you say, look, I love singing, but the last thing I feel like at the moment is singing. Sorry, mm. no, nah, mm. not interesting. Uh, and I got Badger to keep for a while and I, vent- I kept saying no. I, ventured, oh, I suppose you know, a couple of hours on a Thursday night wouldn't do me any harm. Uh, and so what happened then was I said, okay, I'll come along. Well, mm. I got to the choir practice the first night and the director said, Peter, we are really glad you are here something I hadn't heard for quite a while. That was the first thing. And then the rest of the choir of about 20-odd people said uh, burst into applause. That I hadn't heard. Now, honestly, straight away, I'm thinking, this is new. <laughs> uh, I, you know, and I quite enjoyed the evening. You know, I mean, I, I can't say I was you know, suddenly changed, but I, I, it was nice to do. And I remember next morning thinking, that wasn't bad. You know, I'll go back next week. And... And then I sort of decided that Sunday wasn't bad, Monday wasn't bad, it was a little bit better too. And then I kept going back and I was starting to fit in and I was being told that I fitted in nicely, I was singing well and all that. And I was starting to turn around. I was starting to see Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday and Friday differently because my attitude was changing by getting this sort of encouragement and doing something I really loved for the hell of it. There was no pressure on me to, to do it. Uh, and, and so, and I, and I usually finish that story by saying, the person giving you this talk tonight uh, owes a lot to that decision to join the choir. And the person who nagged me into doing it too. Um, now, it, I mean, the point of all that is that this is a life-changing thing. If you're down and things and you're struggling... You're looking for ways that you actually bring the real self out. I love singing. I naturally avoid, my mother was a singer and I naturally Mm love singing. It was a question of just bringing it out in the right circumstances and that started to affect everything else. It's a really important part of life.
0: Mm. It's probably the most important part of life because only if you actively go out and bring the energy to your life in those kind of, Uh, scenarios or situations? Can you allow the real self to emerge? So those uh, five things that you said build up uh, or make up enjoyment. So your mind working with purpose, being energized, having your self-esteem be lifted, uh, Mm -hmm. that you're learning, that you're spreading good feelings uh, because the energy that you get from enjoyment is infectious and you can pass it on to other people. All of those things really just allow you to embody and become the natural, real version of yourself. And actually, that story that you shared about the choir is a really good example of that. Because actually, it sounds like what happened was something happened in your life that caused you to hit rock bottom, basically. And when you are, or when we are human beings in that place, Uh, that we call rock bottom, usually what happens is we just end up going into our heads and living as a mental idea of ourselves or a mental construct where we feel that we're separate from the rest of life, that we're no good because we're judging ourselves and all these different things. And actually, that's not a real version of who we are. It's just a response or a reaction to whatever we've been through based on our emotional stuff. And actually, by putting ourselves in situations like the choir for you, where we can enjoy ourselves, it reactivates our relationship with the real version of who we are and the real version of life. The real version of life being that we're constantly growing, we're constantly moving, that we are connected to other people and all those kind of things. And so when you put it like that, enjoyment really is a a super important part of being a human being or having a human experience. And you know that
1: we have... Uh, I mean, not only people like me have been, you know, trying to push this point. The, the, the work ethic system has sort mm. of damped it down. As a young teenager, you may have all sorts of dreams of becoming a rock star, uh, mm. an actor, yeah. a singer, a, a, anything, you know. And so often the parents will go, oh, <laughs> I don't know whether you'll make any money doing that, you know. Uh, I, I, you need to get a real job. Uh, you know, that makes money so you can buy a house and do all the things that you want to do. Uh, mm. And it, and so it gets all stuffed down you know, in the very early years. And, in fact, one of the things I'd like to raise a little later and perhaps if not this bit soon is about the whole education system, about the education mm. system is designed to get you a real job. Yeah. And uh, we, there's a whole issue in that, but we can come to that a little later perhaps
0: yeah oh we, we could hop on it now to be honest because actually what what you're saying is 100 true so the education system actually it wants people to be in a similar mindset to maybe a bit more extreme but to a similar mindset in terms of the structure to where people often find themselves when they're at rock bottom that mm. mindset being that they're not growing that they're just static that things don't change that they're Self-worth or self-esteem is dependent on external things like the house that you mentioned and the car and all these different things. And so people actually get conditioned uh, as they come through the education system to chase something that is actually bad for them in the long term in terms of their mental well-being and all that kind of stuff.
1: There's a big word in there. We've been taught to live on on expectation or what we think other people's expectations of us are. Mm. rather than rather than being who but being the true self my theme is basically enjoy being your true self because mm. everything keeps coming back to that in all the all these points that we're raising it keeps coming back to mm. look you know so long as you're trying to fit into the rest of the world because you think that's the way it should be and you're mm. the one who's out of step uh, then you know it's, it's it's a real struggle and as I say I know full well that from that Six months that I went through uh, in in the story I was mentioning earlier. Uh, it's, mm. It is a it is a sense of um, uh, uh, a, a lovely term, you know. Instead of you know it expresses the point. Instead of self esteem, people go through what I call other esteem, living the, through the esteem that other people think you should have. You know, this is mm. what other people think of me. Therefore, that's what I am. Uh, yep. And if people think you're you're silly, uh, you're dumb, or you're you know whatever. Then you start to believe it because people keep saying it. Therefore, it must be true. Uh, mm. And it's that's co- that's what I call other esteem, living off what you think other people think about you. Very mm. very dangerous. Mm.
0: So so would you say that this um this pursuit of enjoyment is a way of kind of flipping the script on that? So it's not about the other esteem; it's about self esteem. It's returning you to your natural way of being, but also your natural way of seeing and interacting with other people.
1: Yeah, uh, I you're triggering a, 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 another line of thought here. Enjoyment mm. is a mm. very personal thing. It's mm. the absolute last bastion of free choice that you have. Nobody mm. can tell you or me what we should enjoy. We mm. are only... And you can even be in a group. You might go out with a mob of people that one Saturday night and everyone says, isn't this fun? And you mm. sort of go along with it, but you're thinking to yourself, I'm not having one bit of fun at all. <laughs> I wish I was somewhere else. But, you know, because that's your free choice to decide whether you think you're enjoying yourself or not. And the reason why and, and, and what triggers off that enjoyment is each, one of, is each one of us is born with our own unique mix of gifts and talents and abilities mm-hmm. uh, and passions that, um, that, that we find as kids and as teenagers, that's what gives us life. And we wish we were allowed to keep doing it. Uh, but mm-hmm. society says, you know, you can do that two days a week. The other five, you go to work and earn money. Um, so we get this five-day work and two-day live. Uh, but it's, um, it's this idea that as a unique individual, you realize uh, this talk that we're doing, everybody mm-hmm. who, who listens into it has their own, will, will, will have their own interpretation of what we're saying because everybody mm. thinks for themselves and should be encouraged to do so because mm. that's what it's all about we were born differently to everyone else and and mm. we and uh, to simply cram us all into in a, like the expression I used the recently was we're, all, were to be all in gray suits being cramped crowded into a, a train or the car to get to work on a Monday morning and gray suits and white shirts and ties and uh, and, and a bag in your hand and uh, and whatever perhaps even an umbrella or something uh, this sort of this sort of you know, image of marching along in an army uh, and you know don't stick your head up because people think you're a bit weird Um that sort of thing, mind you. I'm and I'm, I'm really interested in chatting with you about this because you're a much younger person me, than me. Because this is breaking down, but it's being broken down by a bit of a fight against the system. Uh, mm. The system mm. doesn't necessarily accept, you know, uh, a lot of things that we generally, you know, as individuals, we accept. The system mm. still struggles with a lot of things, and uh, so the battle continues. But I, I guess. Um, well, but yeah, it, it really is such a key part of who we are and the expressing, freely expressing who we are um, mm. is, is such a crucial part of our lives that COVID is actually opening up. You know, COVID, we, we, it, it was the stop we had to have because mm. the world was going nuts with stress and pressure and you know, great resignations and uh, all sorts <laughs> of stories um, that because people had had enough. And suddenly mm-hmm. we were overnight we we're all stuck back in our house thinking what are we going to do now what's not just what's happening to the world but what's happening to me where mm-hmm. where am I going to go in all this when I come out and mm-hmm. I think now nearly 3 years later we're still just just coming to terms with this is all very different and now's the time to really unleash this stuff that you and I are talking about tonight mm-hmm. or today, my, your time. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, you, you've mentioned the uh, the age difference between us, but I think that's one of the things that makes this so interesting because even though, mm. you know, there's a couple of generations difference between us, the reality of life is just the same for everybody. Um, the stuff that we're talking about, which is ultimately that people need a sense of purpose and a growth mindset and that they can use their creativity or enjoyment to bring their real selves to the, the surface is actually part of a timeless human conversation, which is ultimately about finding the balance between our real lives as individuals meets um, the system itself, I suppose. Like, how do we fit into a system or a world that is asking us to be unreal when all any of us really want is to be real? And I think even though, you know, you're older than me and I'm younger than you, the things that we're saying are applicable no matter what age you are in life, because human beings are always human, and they're always going to have a need to keep growing and to keep moving forward and to keep pushing through their current ideas about themselves and all that kind of thing. What um, I know you talked about how you know we're all different and we all have our unique gifts and our you know weaknesses and strengths and all these kind of things. What do we all have in common? Would you say, at the most basic structural level? of bringing our real self to the surface especially in the face of a an unreal system if you want to call it that
1: i think we want to we, we all want to be valued mm. we all want to feel that other people respect what we're good at mm. uh, to feel like uh, that we you know, that we have a, we have a purpose in life of some sort um, mm and feel like we've got some direction to go in, that we're not just simply wandering around aimlessly from one paycheck to another, or mm. whatever it might be. Uh, mm. I think we all want, we're all looking to. As you know, I think valued covers a huge range. It's not what our values are; that's another question. What, mm. but, but feeling that you are valued and have and have a sense of dignity and respect from mm. other people who say not because you've done anything wonderful. But simply mm. because you're you. They yes. say, look, you're you're good at you're good at listening, you're good at singing, you're good at um, uh, numbers, you're good at yeah, uh, you know, whatever it happens to be. You're good with yeah. your hands, you're good with your mind. We need you. We value that because you've got something that other people can make use of. Wow. And then but of course and, and interchange with that is this we all want this sense of being given a chance to give it a go too, to be able to feel like Not only have I got this to offer, but people want to come. There's a two-way flow about you having a skill and them saying, we need people with your Mm -hmm. skill. What can we work out together to achieve something that we both want? I think there's something, this sense of connection between Mm -hmm. people who are saying, we are all got something we value and we are respected for our difference, not Mm -hmm. for our uniformity and conformity.
0: Mm. I love everything you just said. Actually, the, the reason this podcast is called Creative Status is kind of for very similar reasons to the ones you just shared. And ultimately, the idea of creative status, to me, just means that we find something real within ourselves. And we use our creativity to kind of get that to the highest possible level of value to ourselves. And then we find a way to make it valuable in the world. And when we do that and we share the fruits of our creativity in the right way, in a real way, then we're more valuable to ourselves because we've gone through this process of kind of allowing uh, the creativity to to take us where we need to go. But also we've got something that we can share with the world that other people will value and that they'll respect us for, we'll respect ourselves for. And that we're not just passively going through the motions of doing what society has told us to do. Creativity always comes with some rebellion, I think, against an unreal world. Because the world doesn't want us to be our real selves. And creativity always, always means that you are going to bring your real self to the surface. And um, I think this brings us back to something that you talk about quite a lot, which is the idea of purpose because if you can design a purpose for yourself that allows you to become more real, more authentic as you move towards the realization of that purpose, then you'll take off a lot of those boxes that I've just said and that you just shared as well, which is mm-hmm. that you'll, you'll have something real to share with the world, basically. So my question for you now is, how do we start to design that kind of a purpose for ourselves? So a purpose that allows the real version of who we are to come to the surface but also to ensure that we actually have something of value to share with other people um, that's going to make a difference to their lives or that's going to at least allow them to understand themselves more so they can become more real as well.
1: Yeah, I'm just thinking through that one. I think perhaps the first place I'll start is what happened with me in mm. the stage, and I'm going back you know, a number of quite a few years now where I actually first Want decide? I want to become a recreation planner. Mm. I was working five, you know, the, the standard desk sort of work in a in a large building, um, you know, with lots of other people uh, for. And I, but I, I got, I turned about thirty, and I was looking out the office office window one day, saying to myself, thirty my thirty, because I was thirty. I thought thirty-five more years of this." and then a gold watch, and that's it, you know. <laughs> um, and, and I thought, is that, is that really why I'm here? Uh, yeah. and anyway, now, the point of that was for the next four years, I was searching. I yeah. was asking myself, I wonder if I'd be any good at, I wonder if yeah. I'd be any good at, I wonder if I'd be any good at, and I was struggling to find something that would give me a sense of, and I wasn't thinking of the word purpose at the time. I just wanted mm. to do something I liked. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah. it was really when you, in the context of what we're discussing, I was really looking for some reason to be here, a mm. purpose that I was doing. Now, to me, mm. I was in my, in those two days where we live, in the five, you know, the seven days, I was very involved in sports administration in the in the field hockey area, uh, mm. both in the club and Eventually, up to an association level, um, and I was uh, I, as a, both as a player and administrator. The government of the day brought in the whole recreation profession thing, saying leisure was you know, possibly the the issue of the next generation. Uh, yeah. And I suddenly said, "Here's a chance to actually express what I do on the weekends as a job." Mm-hmm. And I and they and they opened up this recreation planning to, uh, graduate diploma course. I, I passed with A plus distinction, flying colors. I'd found my purpose. Mm. Be, uh, but I think the key to me was was the, this sense of searching. Because I, I don't think if you're just sitting there going mm. through the motion, mm. mm. these things don't happen. You've got to actually get the brain searching for something and saying, yeah. Look, looking to say, Is there mm. a door open that, I, that might want me? And eventually, I actually say, I think three times in my life, I haven't found purpose. Purpose has found me. Mm. I think How, that's what
0: happens. Yeah, sorry. I'll let you uh, poke
1: that one up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's um, so important. Like, a lot of the time, if we just assume that we can choose our purpose and that we already know everything then we're actually just going to put ourselves in a situation that's not going to get us where we need to be because by us just choosing things and acting like we've already got all the answers, we're just putting the same kind of thinking into the selection of our purpose that led to wherever we are already where we don't feel a sense of purpose. And so actually, you have to be open to exploring and letting the purpose find you in the way that you've said because only if you do that is the purpose going to be the product of something that's more real than the current version of you or the seeking, searching version of you. How do you or how do we maximise the odds if someone, for example, that's listening to this is trying to find their purpose? How can they maximise the odds of the purpose finding them instead of them just trying to come up with it themselves?
1: I think this, this, this idea, some of the words, curiosity is always mm-hmm. a big thing, to stay curious. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is, is, a, is a lovely word. That, I mean, there's words, and I know you use these sorts of words, creativity, innovation, curiosity, imagination. Mm-hmm. These, are, these are natural elements wow. which the system stuffs down. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got creative abilities, it, mm. it, yeah, you might, it, it, you may not make any, it may not be life changing or world changing, but you create something, you create a feeling amongst people when you, mm. i got one of my simple one-liners is, if you want to feel better, do something to make someone else feel better. Mm. Now, that's, that's, that's not something that says, look, you know, uh, you do something and create something in that other person's mind that they go away and say, gee, I feel much better now, thank you very much. You've created, creativity can be as simple as that. It's not mm. a question of saying, well, you know, can I, can I uh, make the, uh, the the first um, hydro mm. airplane, you know, that's ever flown or something like that. Look, mm. I think this question of wanting to allow the real you to come out uh, mm. of, of simply, first of all, deciding that you've got something that you want to offer. If you, mm. if you if you think, no, look, there's nothing, and I think this happened, look, there's nothing I've got that's any good. I don't, mm. there's a way of actually, I, I, I have actually, I've just thought of an answer that I think might be really much clearer for the person. Go back to what, to experiences you have enjoyed in your past.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Everybody's had some, I, a lot of the my, my workshop stuff is actually linking enjoyment and memory. Because right. the two are like, you know, horse and carriage. If mm. you enjoyed something you never forget, and it mm. can go back to when you were a kid playing with dolls or, or rockets or whatever, um, mm. going through to your adolescent years, uh, all these things. What do you enjoy? One of my best techniques uh, when I do, in fact, I offer a one hour sort of cheapy where I take people back to when their adolescent years. What did you do? When you were fifteen or thereabouts, mm, mm, and mm. What, why did you do it? What did it do for you? How does that relate to who you are today? Yeah, and you wow. honestly, you'd be amazed on that one little exercise how many aha moments come out. Wow, I've never thought of. You're right. I actually. Oh yes, you know, lots <laughs> of things bubble up, and, yeah. and memory memory bubbles up good things. Well, I can, might double up bad things too, I realise this, but it's the good things that generate the energy that yeah. gets you thinking. And in mm-hmm. fact, every experience you enjoy today, you'll remember for the rest of your life as well, well as that. The memory and enjoyment go together. So mm-hmm. it's, there's a lovely expression, look back to look forward. Mm-hmm. So if you if you look mm-hmm. back to the days when you were really enjoying things without any pressure, mm-hmm. and it might only have been at the weekend, uh, whatever it was you loved doing at the weekend, who were you then when you were enjoying it? What what was happening? Why were you enjoying it? What was what what sort of s- skills did you love using at that time, etc.? Mm-hmm. And once you get this, the aha moments start to take over, and mm-hmm. it starts to drive the brain, and the brain starts yeah. to think, "Yep, yeah, that's right. You're good at this. You're good <laughs> at that. Whoa!" Oh, you know, enough. and next thing you know, the ripple effect starts to take off.
0: Hmm. Wow. That's a really powerful exercise if you think about it in terms of what we were saying about conditioning and the education system and the world. So a lot of people, in fact, most people, they go through a process of as they're in their adolescence or they're growing up, they become ashamed of the real version of who they are. They become ashamed so that they can fit into the social narrative ultimately and be a good employee Mm -hmm. of a lot of the things that they enjoy of their true values, of their true intentions. And they start to tell themselves a story that they're somebody other than what they are. And that story, the false story that they're telling themselves, ends up creating a life for them that is out of alignment with the real self. And so actually, Mm -hmm. if you can look back to look forward in the way that you're talking about, you can remember who you were before the the conditioning took a hold of you and you set out on a false path and you can start to um, course correct and put yourself back on the natural path for you or the real path in the language we keep using. Does that mean then that there is a way for us to figure out what we enjoy, to re-experience enjoyment, which allows us to re-experience our real self and then translate that into some kind of a purpose or creative endeavor um, that is going to allow us to kind of live the life that we really want to live. Is it, is it that simple? Like, can we break it down like that? Just
1: to to some extent, it is. You know, because there are two there are two well known statements. One is throw it out to the universe and let the and the universe will come up with an answer. That's mm. one way people. Some people think, mm. uh, and and the other one is. Uh, is more more a question when the student is ready the teacher yeah, yeah. appears yeah. I mean, those are statements which are very well known but mm. you know there are facts they're, 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 when you put them in this context that's the, you need to think of those things in context if you are struggling in lot with life etc mm. put it out there to you know but be, but be aware you are putting it out there there's this awareness this mm. self-awareness is what it's all about be aware of mm. what who you are and that's uh, and, and that you want to actually make something of yourself, not mm. you don't. You, you're, you've tried fitting in, and it didn't work. You know, mm. and, and mm. there's some mental health issues in here, which I touch on a bit. Um, mm. I'm not a mental health expert, but all this clearly does have an effect on on mental mm. health. Um, but mm. you know, I think if you can get to yourself to a point where you say this, depending on what you know, the the, the status quo doesn't work. Therefore, I need to say I've got to search in a different area. And Mm. as soon as you start to search in a different area, you're Mm. starting to see the world differently. Mm. If you can Mm. start to feel, look, a a good example, if you and I were face-to-face across the desk Mm. and we were both sitting talking to each other and then suddenly I stood up and looked down at you, Mm. I've I've changed the situation straight away simply because I stood up and you're still sitting there. Suddenly, mm. I'm towering over you, and I'm looking as though I'm dominating you. No matter how friendly we are, there's mm. when you actually put yourself in a situation where you're a bit different to where you are now, mm. you start to see the world a bit differently. Yeah, I'll give you 100%. a good example of that. A high-level bloke, high-level bloke. Back in about 2008, we all went through the uh, the. the, the the global meltdown of uh, finances and people losing money left, right and centre, people Mm. losing their jobs. I had a client who was a top business person in Sydney and Mm. uh, he was struggling and he was telling me that those five things I was talking about, he said, look, Pete, you're dead right. I've got the whole lot in reverse. My energy (laughs) levels are down. My mind's not working very well uh, and all sorts of things. He said, and the fifth one, he says, "I, I can tell... I'm actually putting my staff down. My staff are feeling it because I'm down. Mm. I said to him, and I'm shortening the whole the whole thing. I said, to him, what did you always used to like doing? And he mm. said, "Oh." and he came up with, he said, I used to like taking over the kitchen at home and cooking up a storm for the family. Wow. You know, really, I'd, I'd get, you know, and he's a real, uh, 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 he was a, a good cook. I said, how long since you last did that? He said, oh, it's a while now. I've been so busy. I said, Mm. why don't you just give it a go and see how you feel? Mm. I got in touch with, well, he got in touch with me, I don't know, weeks or it might even be months later, said life changed. He said, I did go home. I did start cooking up a storm. I felt really good and I started to see the work situation differently. It didn't solve the work problems, but I got a better feel and a better Mm. look about what was happening at work and Mm. things started to turn around. Mm. And he said, actually done very well look it's this it's this getting out there and just sort of probing and Mm. seeing things a bit differently and see what happens
0: Mm. i mean really (laughs) yeah but it's so simple really like what you're saying is do things that you enjoy and it's kind of crazy that so many people out there in the world do not allow themselves or do not give themselves permission to just do things that they enjoy but the consequence of that is that they they forget who they are. They don't know, you know, that they can bring joy to other people and that they can improve their relationship with themselves. And that when you do have a good relationship with yourself, well, everything else in your life is more enjoyable as well, because basically your life is a reflection of your relationship with yourself. Um, do can you I just think, two,
1: Can I just yeah. add two points to that, Ollie? Uh, one of which is. Enjoyment is total control. You are in control when you're enjoying something. And that's mm. something that a lot of people struggle with because life is being mm. controlled. Mm. They're being controlled by life. When you're mm. doing something you love, you are totally in control mm. of what you're doing. And, and once you get the idea that you can be in control of what you're enjoying, hey, mm. I could be in control of other things that I enjoy doing. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. The other one, and the other one, which is similarly related, is the power of enjoyment. Mm. the self-empowerment of enjoyment mm. Mm. when you start thinking of enjoyment as a power a, a source of power mm. then you start to see the whole point of that wow. we both want we we all want to have a control and we all want to have some sense of empowerment mm. and you get all that when you do something that you enjoy
0: yeah and th- th- and this goes back to your you know earlier point that enjoyment is a very serious thing and actually <clears throat> it's serious because it is about reclaiming our power. Our power ultimately is about our capacity to make choices about our life and whether or not our lives are real or unreal, i.e. that they're a reflection of, you know, our natural skills and abilities and our true values and intentions and all that stuff versus that stuff being quashed and controlled by the world, which just wants us to you know be a cog in the economic machine basically if we if we don't listen to ourselves do you um do you She's think thank you sir do you think that the um something that you've said previously is that by living in this way that you're talking about so you know putting a priority on enjoyment and your real self and growing and continuing to evolve and all these things how does that relate to you know your Ability to kind of be energetic and function, you know, in in older age, if I can phrase it like that. Mm. Sorry, if that if that's rude, it just no, seems good, that, no. Yeah,
1: mm. I'm glad you asked it because that's that's pretty much my bread and butter stuff these days. It's uh, in helping people move through to life after work. Look, mm. I could uh, I could actually you know spend the whole rest of the session just talking about this, but some key points. <laughs> key points are this that. We are. We have in our working life. We have a growth mindset.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not much choice. You're constantly finding. I've got to grow. I've got to keep doing things that will make me a better person in the job, etc. Mm-hmm. When you leave work, when you leave work, you, you don't necess- you, you don't necessarily have to have a growth mindset. But mm-hmm. in fact, if you don't, if you stop that growth mindset, then you start to uh, slip back. The whole, the, whole, the whole process of life now is being the person you are from birth to death. Mm. We have had to face this, what I call the bell curve life cycle, which mm. says you get to 50, 55 and you're over the hill on the downhill slide. You know, you're yep. past your years by date, all these sort of expressions. You're old. Uh, all this starts to happen from that, that top of that bell curve onwards. Now it, the bell curve actually is a perception; it doesn't exist. It's not there. We've just mm-hmm. been told to believe there is a bell curve there. Mm-hmm. What actually mm-hmm. happens is there's a bit of two, there's two halves of life almost, and uh, uh, is the first half is sort of establishing yourself, getting yourself uh, established in the world. Um, you know, perhaps uh, looking after, getting a mortgage, or whatever. Whatever the, the getting a family and getting and bringing the kids up through school, getting mm-hmm. established. And, and then but the other thing is that once you get to about midlife and you don't have a midlife crisis, you have a midlife awakening. Mm. You actually mm. start to realize look I now have more than just a lot of experience. I now understand myself a lot better. Mm. I understand human behavior a lot better. Mm. I have a, a depth of pers- a, a perspective of insight, uh, Google will give you all the information you need. What the world needs is, informa- is, is, is insight. What mm, do I do yeah. with this information? What's the best use of all this information that's going mm. to make a, a difference to me and to the world? That yeah. sort of stuff. So actually, instead of that bell curve, if we were sitting together, I would say the line continues to go up so long as you stay healthy. It continues mm. to go rise. Mm. Except for one thing, it actually, that's not enough in itself. What happens is by the time you get to a med- that mid year 45 to 50, right, sort of growth, you start to, that curve starts to go up exponentially. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the best wow. analogy I can get, I, can't, I, can't, I have gr- trouble dr- dr- diagrammatically picturing that till I think of something like the Big Bang Theory. The Big mm-hmm. Bang Theory of the universe says things explode and there's more explosions and just, the explosions get wider and wider. All these different things, you grow in a multidimensional way. Mm. And so actually the second half of life, I have a talk which says that's the richest half of life. Mm. And listen, for you, you, Ollie, and you personally, at the age you're at now, and I'm not going to ask you what your age is, we don't do that, uh, but what I do want to say is you need never feel old. Mm. You can get Mm. rid of the term and your generation can get rid of the term old. Because, again, it's a perception, a perception of other people and usually a negative perception. It's one that says, "Look, you know, a sports person is too old at 30, 35. Uh, The parents we often in Australia, we often call the olds. Um, Anybody 15 years older than you is old. Uh, You know, when we get to the year of finishing up work, you're too old. Old is a perception that doesn't exist. A bell curve is a perception that the work ethic in the industrial revolution, told us to believe. Then the mm. days when you said, look, you get to 60, you're no good for work, you'll be dead mm. in 10 years, so, you know, give up. <laughs> yeah. that, that sort of thinking, we still live it to it today.
0: Yeah, it, yeah.
1: yeah. It, it really gets my goat. That's <laughs> <so>
0: <laughs> yeah, well. but, yeah, yeah, but you, you're right that you're not, to let it annoy you in a way because it's, <laughs> it's basically just a cultural thing that we've picked up because of the economic economic system basically saying that you know once you you reach a certain age where you you know you're retired you're not offering your time for money to the economy then you're over the heap and you're just you know you're going to die one day and that's it thanks for your service see you later um it, it all comes down to i think what you said about the information versus insight thing when it comes to getting old sorry so i think old is just a mindset, right? But the mindset comes about because of your attachment to all of the information that you've collected over the course of your life. And because you've become attached to that information, and you don't have a growth mindset, because you're not letting new insight in because you're not valuing learning over just being right or whatever it is. Well, you get old because you're attached to interpretations and perceptions that are out of date, basically, because reality is continued to evolve and change, but your software, so to speak, has not. Do you think um, that there is something there about living to constantly chase new insight, living to constantly grow in the way that you've actually kind of said anyway, and living to constantly evolve and change? and getting old basically just means that you've taken yourself out of that process and also well, sorry i know I, i've made this a very long no, no. question um no, no, no. when we spoke before there was an, an an analogy that you used about a tree i can't remember exactly how you phrased it mm-hmm. um yeah. I yeah can you remember what i was that about was?
1: to do it actually
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Jeff> <laughs> <John>. <laughs> um, so yeah i just what was that analogy because i can't remember what you said
1: Right, yes, and because I did a lot of my, lot of my recreation planning was a lot to do in the parks area, uh, mm. recreational use of parks, I, I got to know a lot about nature. And yes, the tree, a tree doesn't actually, you never talk about a tree becoming old. It ages, a mm. tree ages mm. and it doesn't. And it continues to age and it continues to grow and, at, with, and there is no predetermined age where it stops growing. It keeps on growing so long as and, – and actually, if you actually study a tree closely, you, you think it's just saying they're doing nothing. The amount of energy and work that's going on between the root system and what the root system is doing, providing energy to that tree, the bigger and older that tree – the more that tree ages, the more that's going on. But the point of, the point about it is that it doesn't just – it doesn't old. It, it doesn't get old. It, it ages and it becomes eventually known as a significant tree.
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: we become significant as we age rather than we get old and drop off the perch.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think the uh, interesting thing there as well, when I think about it, is there's a distinction um, kind of metaphysically or whatever word we want to use, between ageing and being old. And the difference is that if you're aging, you're constantly involved in the process of living. It's a process is the point I'm making. But if you're old, well, you've reached a state of being, which is an event or a finalized static way of being. And so actually that is the mental shift that we're talking about. You either see yourself as fixed or you see yourself as growing and evolving and moving. And only one of those two options is real as far as I see it, because reality is constantly moving. It's constantly evolving. And if you want to stay young mentally, then you have to be attuned to that so that you're not um, holding yourself back with ideas and outdated information in the way that we said.
1: If you think you're old or you think you're not old, you're Mm -hmm. right.
0: Yeah. If you think
1: you're old or you think you're not old, you're right. So mm-hmm. that you you, you you can decide for yourself. The other one, of course, is we start aging from the day we're born. You know, mm-hmm. aging is a process that we are. Uh, in fact, some of the the fastest growth is the first five years. You imagine mm-hmm. a gurgling baby, and then when they start school in five years' time, an mm-hmm. incredible period of growth in just five years—perhaps the fastest of their lives. Mm-hmm. And what did they do? Enjoyed themselves. That's mm-hmm. all they could, all they mm-hmm. wanted to do. Um, typically, not every child did. I know, but typically, you know, that was a. And it goes right through to we got told to get a job, and then it all started. <laughs> it all starts to fall apart. Uh, mm-hmm. But those first ten, fifteen years, uh, uh, we are. But you know it's you're aging from the day you're born till the day you die. Uh, mm-hmm. There's no, it's no, it's a continuum from one one part to the other.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. The the interesting thing as well is that we we tend to separate the chapters of our lives in alignment with the cultural expectations that we have. So like you've said, like a lot of people, they reach the top of that bell curve, 55 plus whatever it is, and they Mm -hmm. tell themselves, oh, my best days are behind me now. Like those chapters Mm -hmm. are closed. It's all downhill from here basically, and it's it's just gonna get worse and worse. But actually that only really happens if you think it, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. There's no reason, like as you've shown, I, I think you said you retired 20 years ago or something. Um, your life has actually, probably, based on what you're saying, it, it's got better in many ways since you did retire. And it's because you didn't tell yourself that story that you know this is it, I'm done, it's over, yeah. off to the scrap heap with me. You actually reclaimed your life and started living it properly.
1: I had, a, I can recall a day not long after I actually started a little consulting business before I left full time work and just on you know a part time little thing that I was doing but on the side, uh, but. Eventually I was out on my own and I was living alone at the time and I thought to myself one day, I could sit here all day and no one would give a damn. <laughs> no one to say, where's that report by four o'clock? Where do you know, Peter, what do you, you do? this? Now I thought to myself, now I could sit here and do nothing or I could get off my backside and get out and, and, and do and I'm the only one who can do something about it. When yeah. you recognise you're the one, only one who can do something about it, that's when the, the, the magic starts to
0: happen. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. Like it, it it is that simple in a way. It's just about taking responsibility for our lives, knowing that we can make choices, basically. A lot of people don't understand the power of choice, that they can even make a choice. Do you want to be in that wage cage living a, a life that you don't like, doing a job that has no connection to your values and doesn't feel like there's any purpose behind it, or do you step up and choose something based on what you learn about yourself when you're actually enjoying life and you take the lessons there or you extrapolate the lessons from that enjoyment and inject it into your life as a whole through purpose?
1: Yes, it's right. It's, it's sort of, it's um, a very fundamental question which we, most of us don't like asking, why am I here? Why why am I on this earth am i simply here to earn money and and you know and and then uh, you know go through this bell curve and that's it is that all what its life's all meant to be all about is that how the world progresses uh, and we just leave it to people who uh, who know better than us to do something and we just follow the mob or yeah. I do have – it's more than a choice. I actually have a whole stack of abilities that nobody else has. That's mm-hmm. what makes me different. And I and I want to put those to use, even if it's only for my own enjoyment, which it might be after you leave full-time work. Mm-hmm. I say you do find a purpose either for pay or for passion. And after you leave work, you don't necessarily – and I know money after the leave workers can issue too. Money still is an issue, and unfortunately, always will be. I'm afraid the way mm-hmm. the way the world goes. But uh, it's uh, it's it is certainly in the workforce. It's dropping in the point of of, of priorities. People are looking for enjoyment. They're looking for uh, work life balance. They're looking for flexibility. Uh, all these issues are now surfacing, and money is important, but it's not the thing these days. I think mm. that's where the big changes are occurring.
0: Mm. People are waking up to the the unreality of the the economic and workplace system. I think um, we've been talking for a long time. Like I've just realised, nearly an hour's gone, so yep. we should probably <laughs> wrap up. But mm-hmm. ju- if you just final question: If you were in your thirties or forties now what What would you do? Like what advice would you have for somebody that's, you know, in that age demographic and that maybe they're kind of waking up to the choice of going on their own path, but they're not quite sure, what What advice would you give them? Um, I'll try and sort of
1: just encase that in some of the stuff we were saying earlier to sort of re-emphasise it. If you're around about your 30 mark, your youth is still reasonably fresh in your mind about what you used to like doing. And perhaps if you are finding that, in fact, you are now living according to other people's expectations, you're probably at that age, you've got a young family, uh, Mm -hmm. etc. I think one thing, if you've got a young family, you've got a duty, I think, to actually encourage them to start thinking more freely about their future Mm -hmm. because then you can actually find yourself growing yourself and feeling younger again with the kids so if you're a mm. parent definitely mm. don't tell the kids you know uh, and it's tempting to do it because you, you can only see the world the way you have and you think mm. oh well you know uh, but there are jobs being created now that we've never heard of you know mm. teachers are teaching kids for for jobs that don't yet exist now mm. your children if you're at that age your children are going through an education program that, that doesn't that allows them to do that now, but as far as their own life is concerned, I find that when you hit thirty, when you hit forty, when you hit fifty, the big O's all seem to have an effect on people saying, "Is this what I want to do for the rest of my life?" You know, mm-hmm. and, and and it happens for various reasons. That's when you start giving the, the look back to look ahead and start to um, peel the onion about what you've been, what you've really enjoyed in your past. Mm-hmm. And if you're 30 or 40, there's a fair bit to think about. A fair you've had plenty of good, rich experiences that are still pretty fresh in your mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes a bit more effort when you're 50 or 60. But uh, And I have a program which actually draws that out. But I would say at 30 or 40, uh, life does begin at 40. Uh, mm-hmm. Life begins at 30. Life begins at 40. Life begins at 50. It's mm-hmm. always evolving. Um, stay positive. Stay thinking positive about what are you good at? There's a mm. need for that somewhere in some way. If wow. you can, t- actually, let me word it another way just to wrap up. Tweak your skills to take you in a slightly different direction to what you're going now. Don't feel I've got to find a whole new life which start all over again. What mm. am I good at? What can I do? To, can I tweak my skills? For instance, with my recreation planning years, I tweak my skills into becoming an enjoyment mentor. It's simply mm. I continued doing what I love doing in my working life and mm. I turned it to a different cause in my, in my after I left work. Now, mm. I think if you can look at what are you – and by the time you're 30 or 40, you've got a fair idea of what you're good at. Mm. Uh, think about mm. how can I adapt that to another cause.
0: Wow. Well, yeah, I love it. It's just about seeing things slightly differently and then yeah. acting in a slightly different way and putting yourself on a path – that will be a lot different in the long run if you stay on it because you'll get different results um, things build on themselves and just by making that little tweak like you said that little shift it'll make a big difference to your life um, and, and also
1: that that, that little shift is that little shift is towards what can I what would I really enjoy helping you mm-hmm. know um, mm-hmm. what sort of what sort of community would I like to help? with my sort of skills. Mm. So you're actually looking at just not your skills, but whatever that that new path might be that you would enjoy being on. Mm. Then because you're now in charge of your own life. Your yeah. parents and your teachers aren't in control of you anymore. You're making your own decisions.
0: There we go. Viva la revolution. Um, <laughs> Peter, thank, thank you so much uh, for this whole conversation. I think it's uh, been really inspiring and I just love the way that you you come across and everything like that. Can you tell people where they can find you online if they uh, want to yep. get in touch or anything like that?
1: My, I I've, I've dropped my business title, but my website still has it. I was called Australia's People Gardener, oh, yeah. People Gardener, Growing Better People, um, and uh, my my website is uh, Australia's People Gardener One Word dot com dot au. There's an au on the end because it's in Australia. Uh, yep. So. That's where you'll find a fair bit of my stuff. If you're on LinkedIn, uh, look up Peter Nichols Lifestyle Mentor, Adelaide, Australia, and yep. you'll find my you'll find my uh, LinkedIn profile. Uh, and I think those two are the ones that you'll find the most of the information. Um, and my email address is on there, peter at apg.life, which is an unusual one, but I had that uh, the old Australia's People Gardener address got corrupted. I think the Russians got it or something at one stage. And uh, t- I, I, I got the new one, yeah. <laughs> and the APG, of course, is the letters of the short for Australia's People Gardener. So p- right. at LIFE. No Brilliant. problem, no idea. Hmm. All
0: right, well, I'll, all I'll share all that stuff in the show notes anyway Um sure. so people will hopefully uh, track you down. But, Peter, thank you so much. Honestly, this has been really good. Um, and thank and I, you. Sorry, yeah, I'm just going to say, yeah, it's really good, and I, you know, I hope I talk to you again sometime in the future. Um, I've learned a lot, and it's just really good to to see that even though we are different ages, reality is reality, and human nature is human nature. And if you can tune into that, then probably things will be okay.
1: I think I've loved it, Ollie, because of the difference in our ages. I just think it's, I just want to really help your age generation a lot more. Uh, a bit with my experience etc because we do have a we, you're quite right we've all got the one life it's just we, we we've been brought up differently about it look i loved every minute ollie thank you very much and i do look forward to doing something with you again
0: peter thanks again thank you so much <laughs> okay.